0: That's investher, promo code 100 best ever to get $100 off your ticket. the length of the normal trial for a limited time, go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com.
1: Just get out there, put yourself out there, that was a big challenge for me. Really, I'm kind of an introvert. It took me a little while to get into chatting and networking. So quicker you get into that, probably the quicker you'll progress.
0: Best ever listeners, I'm excited to introduce you to our newest host that we're bringing on to the team. His name is Slocum Reed. along with myself and Osh. Slocum will be providing value to every interview he does. I've known Slocum for years and I've watched his portfolio continue to grow. He currently owns and operates 65 units, including converting three units into an office building. So he's an owner-operator. He's coming from certainly a different perspective than I have. I know he's going to bring his expertise and cut through the fluff and get the best real estate investing advice ever for you. So welcome, Slocum Reed.
2: Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Slocum Reed, and I'm here with Greg Scully. Greg is joining us from Johnson City, Tennessee. His focus is apartment syndication. He's currently the GP on 170 units and 226 pads in RV resorts. Greg, can you start us off a little more about your background and what you're currently focused
1: on? Yeah, sure. We're here in Johnson, Tennessee. We were 40 years in Alaska, transitioned to real estate, full time about Two and a half, three years ago, kind of got started five or six years ago. Ended up in Tennessee to help with a project that needed some extra hands. Most of our investments continued to be in Tennessee. At some point, uh, you know, the kids are growing up, getting older. We decided to just pull up and relocate down here. Landed in Johnson City and just kind of continued to grow central and eastern Tennessee. Don't go too far west.
2: Nice. That's where your portfolio. Portfolio is currently, is all in Tennessee?
1: Yes, we have one one one-off syndication in Mulvane, Kansas. Co-GP'd with some friends and partners over there. So participate in the asset management side, but they're handling boots on the ground.
2: Nice. So tell me about your RV resorts. What got you into that?
1: We kind of just heard about it, thought about it in passing a little bit. And then through covid We are very close to Sevier County, Tennessee, which is in between Johnson City and Knoxville. The most famous things going on down there are Dollywood, Gatlinburg, and Pigeon Forge. So it's certainly in the top five, if not the number one most visited national park in the U.S. Got an opportunity sent to us from a conversation. We have a partner in common that had been in that space a little bit. Realized we were both looking at it together, and we decided to collaborate instead of compete. Uh, nice. So a lot of our interest just came from how good a market Sevier County is in terms of if you're going to crack open the window to a new asset class, you might as well do it in one of the most stable and successful markets in the nation.
2: Yeah, i take advantage of your backyard. Yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. Hollywood makes a lot of sense as a place to have an RV park. Given your experience with apartment syndications, how do the numbers... On an RV resort compare?
1: Income is income, expenses are expenses. They are chopped up a little bit differently. Specific to the RV resorts, you kind of have two models that are happening. You got a daily model where your guests are staying two, three, four days at a time and then they're leaving. And then you also have a monthly model. Which you may see in markets more like Florida, where people are coming down there. They may even be leaving their RV there year-round, and they're basically just paying for the pad, which is very similar to what a mobile home park would doing. So it's just from the income pro forma point of view, you've got to figure out your highest and best use within each of those potential models.
2: I imagine around Dollywood, that's an area economically that's fairly entertainment driven. Are you on a more day rate model?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that was one of the opportunities that we saw with one of the purchases is it was being completely run as a monthly model. And not only that, they were well below the market rate for what that monthly model should be. So we had two possible avenues of upside, just keeping the monthly model and running it more efficiently and getting closer to the market. It has a little bit of a development side to it. So at a minimum, we're going to take advantage of the development side more on the daily model. But yeah, absolutely. This market, you're better off doing daily, because we could be open year round almost.
2: Totally. Greg, given that you syndicate through general partnerships, what is your specialization within your partnerships?
1: Underwriting and asset management. Those are probably the two things that I spend the most time on. Underwriting, back when we were living in Alaska and investing out of state, there was very little I was going to do because I was nine hours away by plane. So sure. I kind of cut my teeth on the underwriting, due diligence side of it. And then moving down here, most of the deals we're extremely active in to the point, you know, being on site occasionally. So those two buckets are our focus.
2: Do you guys manage your own properties?
1: We did just start that. So our last two acquisitions, we took management in-house. So we're currently managing 65 units over two properties here locally. So we're about four months into that.
2: And what's your involvement? Are you personally involved in the property management?
1: Yep. My wife and our main partner, Darren Light, started a new management company specifically to vertically integrate. So we have one syndication that we're managing and the other one is a joint venture.
2: Great. So given your background in underwriting and due diligence with these deals, I'd like to spend a little more time on the RV resort, Greg. So you had the opportunity to go from a monthly rental model that feels like a mobile home park to a day rate model that may feel more like hospitality, I would imagine, except that you're not having to change the sheets for your guests, given that they're bringing their own sheets with them. It's an RV. Financially speaking, explain to us how big the difference is between those two models, and is your entire park uh, day rate, or is it split between the two, and how did you make that decision?
1: When we bought it, it was entirely monthly. If you have something that is entirely monthly, basically your labor can be Significantly less because there's just less going on. There's fewer people coming and going. They're going to have more familiarization with the property to begin with. So there's less. I won't say handholding, but that's kind of what we call it. There's less handholding of the people coming in. The daily rate, you're basically yeah, you're running a little hospitality business, and it's open seven days a week, sort of twenty four seven. So the labor component to it is much higher. So you're going to have a lot more payroll. Because there's never a close sign on the office if you have an office. So that's one of the most major things is your labor costs are significantly higher.
2: I would imagine your revenue is significantly higher too, though, right?
1: Daily versus monthly? Oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. The so gross how potential you-
1: rent is, yeah, yeah, significantly higher.
2: How are you guys operating the park now? Is it all daily? Is it all monthly still? Is it a mix of the two? It's a
1: fairly new acquisition. So yeah, it's still mostly monthly as we've gone in and got closer to market. There has been some vacancy created. It's also very specific to the layout of your park. So whether or not you have concrete pads that are fully drive-through and can accommodate a 35, 40-foot piece of machinery coming in, or if if it's more back-end type pad. So it can be very specific as to even what individual pads are capable of doing on your park. So it can be fairly dynamic, figuring out exactly what the highest and best
2: use is. Did you guys raise capital for this purchase? Yes. Okay. So did you underwrite to a five-year hold?
1: Yes, we did. That one... Two of them are in a fund, and that was basically done as a 5 year hold. The other one, I believe, we might have done a seven-year-old. It's not right in front of me, but we did not sure. go incredibly out into the future.
2: So tell me, what did the numbers look like when you purchased it? How much did you buy it for? What kind of NOI are we talking about with this property with below market rents and exclusively monthly rentals?
1: I can't pull NOI right out of my head without having it on the spreadsheet. I can tell you that monthly rates were hovering around 200 bucks, which would have been inexpensive for a mobile home park, let alone a destination in one of the most visited tourist markets in the U.S. that has a pool and access, everything that the Smoky Mountains have to offer. So, you know, there was easily 300, 350 Maybe even 400 bucks to market just on the lot rent alone. Just that alone, the deal was fine. So, getting everything up to market, cash on cash return are in high teens. That's our anticipation when it's, it's fully stabilized. Yeah, significantly different type of return. What is profile it? Profile were... compared to multifamily.
0: We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. What's holding you back from getting into apartment building deals? Is it knowledge, fear, inability to take action, lack of support? If it's any of these things, then I suggest you consider deal maker mentoring with Michael Blanc. Michael's program is the most effective program to help you syndicate your first apartment building deal. During DealMaker Mentoring, you'll work directly with one of Michael's experienced mentors who have successfully replaced their income with apartment buildings. They've already done what you want to do, which is become financially free. So in addition to providing their own syndication experience, they've been trained in Michael's unique DealMaker Blueprint designed to help you do your first deal and become financially free just like them in the next one to three years. To find out more, text the word Joe to 66866. I know Michael's going to get you to where you'd like to be again. Text the word Joe to 66866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind, and let's get you started with your own syndication business. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. Investor Guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags.
2: What is the return that you were projecting for your investors on a five to seven year hold?
0: Oh,
1: the IRRs were high 20s. Like I said, average cash on cash returns, mid-teens equity multiple two plus.
2: Gotcha. All of those numbers are significantly higher than people are going to expect to see with apartment investing. You're talking about high teens cash on cash return to an audience that is most familiar with an eight pref. And you're talking about high twenties IRR for an audience that's mostly familiar with a 15 to 18%. IRR. So the first alarm bell in my head, if I can say so, Greg, is that if you're projecting returns this good, this must be a risky asset. Is that the case?
1: I would say there is higher risk relative to multifamily, whereas housing is an absolute need. Dragging a box behind you and hanging out somewhere for three days and going fishing, I wouldn't put it in the same bucket as primary housing. It's similar to where storage was and mobile home parks were maybe a decade ago. So as Mm. the industry is set up, there's very low supply. There's essentially not necessarily a finite number of RV parks, but there's not a lot of them to begin with. It's very fragmented, a lot of mom and pop owners, a lot of generational owners, and there's a lot of operational efficiencies to be gained through better marketing, dynamic pricing, running it like a business instead of a lifestyle. So that's the similarities. It wasn't too long ago, those type of returns were also talked about for mobile home parks and storage. Sure. Yeah. That asset class got found out and lo and behold, look where we are today.
2: Yeah, maybe RV parks are the next month. I know, I don't want to talk about it too much. Sure, (laughs) totally. Yeah, I, I totally get that. But also at the same time, when you're talking about, at least within our listenership, that is predominantly, the majority of guests that we bring on based on the nature of our podcast are involved in apartment syndication. So they're typically offering investors projected returns that are more standard to the market and lower than what you're talking about. You guys could underperform your business plan considerably and still provide a similar return to someone who could have put their capital into an apartment deal instead of yours. So that's a pretty exciting prospect. Greg, what is the most important skill you've developed with regards to underwriting your investment deals?
1: I wouldn't say it's a skill that I'm even close to mastering, but it's just kind of the critical thinking skill of looking at things holistically and dynamically. And it'll be part of my book recommendation when we get to that is just making sure that you're not having too much confirmation bias or cherry picking and inviting people to look at your underwriting and asking them to break it and being happy when they do. So, yeah, just not getting married to your pro forma, not trying to be right. I'm trying to make good decisions.
2: What is the biggest challenge you've had to overcome in specific to a particular deal?
1: To a particular deal, the deal that brought me down to Johnson City was very difficult, heavy rehab. We went 100% vacant we had contractor problems. We had bridge debt. We went from bridge to bridge debt, which apparently has never been done before. So the lesson of perseverance and just muddling through things and wow, this sucks. Maybe I won't sleep that well again tonight, but tomorrow we'll keep plugging away at it. So it's just that sometimes the process is not what you would like it to be, but you got to get through it.
2: Did you start out as a general partner on that deal? Yeah. When was this?
1: 2017 through March of last year. So we had it two and a half years or something like that. We did sell it. We did make money on it. Not a ton, but most of the returns are in our head in the experience bucket.
2: Sure. Yeah. I know some of the more distressed properties that I've taken over. It's been very valuable that I, being the owner operator, And also the boots on the ground, being physically present to be overseeing things, but also to some degree for my own stuff. I'm the one who's showing apartments in some cases, but also creating the standards for our tenant base. It's definitely helpful to have boots on the ground on the team when you get into a situation where an asset is considerably distressed. A situation like 100% vacancy while you renovate. Especially with as difficult as it has been to find good contract labor the last several years, for sure. Well, Greg, are you ready for our best ever lightning round? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Awesome. What is the best ever book you've recently read?
1: You are about to make a terrible mistake is what it's called. So the byline is how bias is decision-making and what you can do to fight them. So that's kind of something that I'm into is how to make decision-making more of a process and less of a feeling. Gotcha. What
2: is your best ever way to give back?
1: I just enjoy talking to quote unquote newbies because I'm not that far. I'm five years into this. And I remember how valuable it was when somebody came down and would spend some time with you talking about the details. Because a lot of this is good theory that you can learn from books and podcasts like this and everything. But things get very real when you close on one specific property, on one specific tax parcel with its own set of inherent characteristics, we'll call it just chatting when I can with somebody that's just getting started.
2: What is your best ever advice?
1: Probably network post-mortem looking back on where we've come. A lot of our deal flow, a lot of our partnerships, a lot of our friendships have come through not only face-to-face networking, but even just getting on LinkedIn weekly zoom calls. You're going to be doing business with somebody. It's not all about the deal. It's, very much part of who you're working with as well. So just get out there, put yourself out there. That was a big challenge for me, really. I'm kind of an introvert. It took me a little while to get into chatting and networking. So quicker you get into that, probably the quicker you'll progress.
2: Awesome. And Greg, where can our best ever listeners get in touch with you?
1: Everything about us is at www.realwealth.solutions. So from there, you can find our newsletter. We host a podcast as well called the Real Wealth Solutions Podcast. It's got a little bio, our projects. That's the catch-all for figuring out where to find us.
2: Well, best ever listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you've gotten value from this conversation with Greg Scully, please subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a five-star review And if you know someone who would get value from listening to this episode, please share it with them. Thank you and have a best ever day.